The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle. Coach! Yes! All right! First time of the year. Bobby Hurricanes, yeah, you know the name already. It's Merced. Ha ha. It's the Six Red Cane Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz, Blue, Vision, DJ, break the game code. Ain't no changing up. Ain't no breaking up. Real poor alive from the Hall Ride Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange or green. We see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond 100 yards of hurricane. What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Good. Can't complain. Man, man Coach, Coach Ponce in the intro. Whew. I know, I just gonna say the same thing. But... I have to change that up, man. Oh boy. Uh that's funny. That's funny. I just realized that you're right. Yeah, um, I was like, oof. No, man, we gotta leave it in there as you know, an obituary here to his uh his his starring tenure as our quarterback's coach. No kidding, man. Um Blue may be with on uh, maybe on with us a little bit later. He's got his radio show until nine today, so maybe we'll see him a little bit later. But we've got our producer Vish today because he's really not going to be paying much attention to the show because uh, there's there's too much Canes and, and Dallas Cowboys action, as you can see. He he's wearing his Dallas Cowboys gear, not even Canes. Gear. I mean, it's, it's the last. It's the last day I'm going to be able to wear this until like next. <laughs> the last game of the season, apparently. Yeah. For us. So so you know the Canes will keep playing this year, although. Not well. We're down eight right now with about ten to play, so that's not looking yeah. good either. But and that's basketball, by the way. Yeah, that's that really was. I mean, I like this background. You never I feel know. like I feel like I'm like just relaxed watching a nature scene or something. I like. Okay, so that is actually. Yeah. Um, I guess <laughs> happy, we should mention, happy Martin Luther King, King Day, everybody. Day, that Wait a minute. Okay, because I'm blocking the statue. Well, yeah. sort of, no. sort of. Jazz and I are blocking the top of it. Uh, okay. No, I feel is, bad. I meant no ill will by that statement. I literally couldn't tell what it was. But now it's, it's a nice, it is, it is it, a nice, it, nice memorial. It's in a it is. near. near I went to go I see like. it. Yeah, it's yeah, really, yeah, it's it's really. it's huge. Yeah, so it, that that's the stone, and then on the side, gotcha. you can see that you can actually see some of the quotes uh, to the to the side of DJ there. Gotcha, oh, you gotcha. yeah, you can. So yeah. obviously, you know, um, we we wanted to uh, kind of uh, give a little bit of a. Um, of a happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day shout out or, you know, just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, obviously the amazing person, the amazing man that that he was probably one uh, one of the most uh, incredible human beings to ever grace this earth. So, uh, and of course, special day today for him. And so we memorialize him and we say happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Now, you know, when I lived in Memphis, obviously they have the memorial there outside the uh, <clears throat> the, the hotel. Uh, and it's it's interesting because it's as as you know it's about him obviously, but it's it's eerie. It's kind of you know it's kind of sad, but uh, but uh, how do how do I say it in English? Impresionante at the same time. I don't know if that makes. I don't know how you say. It. You can say impressive, but it's not impressive. Powerful. 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 Oh, that's a good one. That's a good way to say. It. Yeah, it's a very powerful feeling that you get you know you get that it, it's it's just it's the the aura the vibe around that area moving <clears throat> yeah moving. moving that's that's the one moving moving that's the word yeah um 
over there in Memphis, obviously. So it's, um, you know, it's incredible. So we definitely wanted to kind of commemorate today with uh, a little something in the background there. And uh, DJ, DJ obviously thought it was nature. And it is nature. It's beautiful. It is nature. Um, it is, that, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, that that memorial, like I mentioned the quotes, you, you obviously can't read them in the scale of this picture. But, you know, one of my favorite things to do here, I, obviously I live in D.C., is that memorial next to is the FDR memorial. And oh, wow. you, can, you can walk through. And, and FDR has a lot of his quotes, too, kind of in, engraved as well. So you can kind of just go through and read all of them, and it it's is fascinating it, to see incredibly detailed too. Yeah, uh, it's it's insp it's inspirational, and you know it also shows kind of we're not there yet as a country, living up to the ideals of you know a hundred years ago for FDR in FDR's case, almost of some of the stuff we espouse. There's always always work to do, um, but Absolutely. yeah, today we kind of honor not just honor Martin Luther King Jr., but also you know what he stood for, and and. You know the best way to do that is to continue his work because we're not we're not always the best at that. <laughs> no, we're not. You know, hum, the human race is definitely not perfect and not very good at that um, a lot of times. But uh, you know, uh, we will keep on trying, working hard at it. Um, you know, we, we've gotten a lot of news today on uh, Miami Miami Hurricanes football, and and this week, I, I guess since last since last Monday, we've got a little more. Uh, yes, Fresh. I know Fresh is he's chopping at the bit. Oh, we need DTs. Frank Potts is out. Yes, obviously the latest news, the breaking. I guess the breaking news per se uh, today is that Coach Frank Potts has decided to go back to Appalachian State, and there's a lot more to it than just him going back to the place where he was coaching. Okay, and we'll get into that now. But yeah, so he's back at Appalachian State as the offensive coordinator once again. Uh, first, I, I kind of want to get your take on. That move by by Coach Ponce at Appalachian State, and you know, moving forward, what moving forward, what you think that means for the University of Miami, and and because uh, obviously, there, you know, you know, a lot of people are talking about this is the first domino, okay, and a lot more is going to start to happen now. Uh, you might see you might see some more staff uh, staff changes, and of course, we're still working on the other side when it comes to the players and the transfer portal. Um, talk to me about that. Real quick, if you guys can, uh, we'll start with Vish to see if he's paying attention. <laughs> oh no, I I I'm locked know. in here. I'm locked, the, the Canes are the Canes are doing me a favor by playing like complete culo. So like I'm not having to watch that as closely. But um, the uh, good good rough in the passer county though. But anyway, um, no, actually, Jazz, you mentioned there's a lot of stuff going into this. So I think you know, bottom line is this season did not go the way anyone planned. I mean, we talked to we actually interviewed mentioned he's in the intro he's in the intro because we interviewed him and you saw this optimism and he was really excited and it obviously didn't pan out um the other thing he mentioned at the time is he was down here by himself his wife was still up in north carolina so you know that probably also played a factor it was not an easy move for his family at that point right and with the way the situation's going on here again it didn't work out well I don't think I don't think that's like an understatement. That might be an understatement. It's definitely not an overstatement. Like it's a tough year and not one that he anticipated going through. Really, anyone did. So when you when you couple that with the uh, you know the opportunity to kind of just hit a reset button, I think he took that exit, especially um, you know considering that there might be other changes coming. And you know when I have I don't know anything, so this is not like me saying I've heard things or anything, but most if there is going to be a change at the coordinator position, most coordinators also coach the quarterbacks. So, so if that change is coming, which I know a lot of our fans want, again, I, I've been more neutral on it. I think as we all know, but if that change comes, you know, that's likely to be a OC slash quarterbacks coach coming in. Gaddis is kind of an anomaly in that he coaches receivers instead of the quarterbacks. So, so that could also be, be at play, but also, I mean, let's let's be real. As much as our team and and Gaskets a lot of the Heat struggled this year, the quarterbacks really struggled as well. It, maybe it just didn't, you know. Sometimes stuff just doesn't work out, and he had a he had a comfortable exit, I would say. So he took it. Yeah, I think. Look, <clears throat> I think you mentioned it. Uh, it was an easy move. It's an easy. It's a it's an easy move if you're Coach Ponds, right? You've got your family who's still by by the way. So oh, there you go, there you go, touchdown Dallas. There you go, buddy. Um, it, it, it was an easy move <clears throat> for for Coach Ponce, being number one that his wife is still in North Carolina. Okay, she's still in Boone, uh, and by the way, she was a, a very popular news anchor 
uh, down here in Miami for 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 a long time. And I don't know how that happened. You know, I don't know. I don't know the whole backstory, but I know that obviously she moved up there to be with him, considering he had, you know, so his tenure at, at Appalachian State started, I think, in 2013, where he was the co-offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach up until 2018. I believe it was 2018. Um, and then he became the offensive coordinator after that. Uh, the sole offensive coordinator uh, for a year or two, and then you know came over to Miami as the quarterbacks coach. I think that's what it was. Did he miss? He missed the extra point. Of course he did. Um, not, so, not even miss. Like he looked like Ohio State's kicker trying to win a bowl, uh, a playoff game. He missed it that bad. Oh man, what the hell, man! It's the NFL. No oh, well. Anyway, um, anyway, so you know, I think that was it was a oh, it was a, an easy move on his part. Um, you know right there off the bat. Second of all, you go back to a place where uh, you're very familiar with everything, right? The coaching staff, the players, uh, they probably were still running the same style offense. Uh, You know, uh, he developed quarterbacks there as well. Chase Bryce uh, and some other guys, you know, was able to help them out. But um, to, to your point, Vish, real quick, and then I'll go to you, DJ, as far as the quarterbacks weren't, you know, weren't that, you know, they didn't look great this year, right? I, I think that – I'm going to put it this way. I'm not going to put it all on, on Coach Potts uh, because at the end of the day, there may be more to it. And, you know, I, I kind of don't want to speak on you – know, I don't want to be speculative on it, but I think there was more to it that didn't allow Coach Potts to maybe, you know, be the, be the quarterback's coach that he was supposed to be. And I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken – what, what, was Coach Ponce also the passing game, uh, passing game coordinator yeah. as well? Yeah. So we obviously saw that we struggled there also. And that could be completely, <clears throat> you know, completely different as well. I'm not saying one has to do with the other, but read between yeah. the lines, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I will just say and then throw it over to DJ. It's not, you know, there's always a lot. It's a lot, always a lot simpler than just this one coach is a problem or these series of coaches. Sure. There's always a bunch of stuff going on. And – we have a lot of – in fact, this entire staff is coaches that have been successful in the position they're at at other schools. Right. So, you know, but you 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 kind of put Frankenstein together over here – or Frankenstein's monster, I guess yeah. – together over here, and some, some of it, the parts aren't going to fit. And I think, you know, Hans is an interesting one in that when we got him, we're like, that's an awesome get because I can't believe someone left an OC job to be the quarterback coach. Maybe well, that wasn't – maybe well, that wasn't – even even because the idea was this would be a stepping stone, you right? Know, and then yeah, maybe he gets the OC yeah, job. Yeah, after, yeah. Right. So, but I mean, obviously that was the thinking he had going in. This job turned out to be a lot more difficult and a lot more, you know, long term to get to the point where the OC is going to leave and open that position up where we'll want to promote in house yep. than, than he thought. And but that was also a situation where it was not an obviously, you know, upgrade to go from App State's OC to Miami's quarterbacks coach, right? Right, that's one of those kind of gray areas where you're like, I mean, I guess maybe depends. But when, then we thought, you know, he's he's Nicaraguan, and he wants to be in Miami. Right, is what we thought. Um, but you know, his wife might not want to be, as you said, she's very well established in North Carolina. So this kind of makes sense for him personally too. And given the way the year went, I I can't. can't you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think so, it's a it good move sense. for him. I think yep. it's a good move for him. DJ, what's your, what are your thoughts? I think it's a good move for him as well. Like you guys said, he gets to be. Closer to his family, and also, I mean, the quarterbacks really did struggle this year. I mean, you know, we we talked about, you know, maybe the lack of receiver options or, you know, whatever it is. You know, Tyler Van Dyke did not look like the Tyler Van Dyke of last year, and Jake Garcia also struggled at times too. So, you know, there were games that, you know, Tyler Van Dyke had, for example, against North Carolina that was really, really good, and then there were other games where he really struggled. So, there wasn't a lot of consistency, and, you know, I think it seems crazy to say this in year two, but this is a very crucial season for Miami, and I think, you know, Miami needed to, um, you know, upgrade at the position, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they bring in. I think it makes sense for Coach Ponce on a personal level, and I also think it makes a little bit of sense for Miami because the results just weren't there, and, you know, I think they really need to start, you know, stringing together some wins next season, especially with the recruits they have coming in. Well, you know, you, you kind of mentioned something. Yeah, the, the results weren't there. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are under the impression, well, this can only mean one thing, right? This can only mean that 
the next to go is the offensive coordinator as well. Um, and while all signs are pointing to that trend, okay, I don't, again, he's still the offensive coordinator here. So, you know, I, I don't want to say that, you know, he's gone and this, and you're going to hear a lot of that. You're going to hear a lot of that until, and then until it happens, we won't speculate on whether he's leaving or not or whether he's gone. However, what we can speculate on is what what style of <laughs> what style of offense do you think? Not well, two things, right? So, what style of offense do you think is going to work here based off of our personnel already? Okay, and number two, well, and, and just to kind of and one one A and one B on that number one is. You know, what style of offense does Mario want to run? Okay. And then number two is if you do bring in a new offense, uh, offensive coordinator, is Mario going to, uh, I guess, quote unquote, allow him to bring in some, some of the guys that he likes to work with as well? Right. And so does that put in jeopardy some of the, some of the uh, other positions that are out there, like your tight ends coach, your, your running backs coach, <clears throat> your running backs coach, et cetera? What do you think they do moving forward now, DJ? Uh, as far as style of offense, and we'll name, we'll, we'll get into names because I know everybody wants to get into names, and I get that, so I'm cool with that. But before we get into names, what style of offense do you see them running, and could this kind of be mean that there's more changes to come, not only as the offense coordinator but other position coaches as well? I could see them running a little bit more of a Big Ten type of offense. I know we've talked about it before, but if you look at you know some of the uh, commitments and you know, some of the players already on the roster, they have, you know, a very, you know, stable running back room in terms of names and things like that. They're looking to upgrade the offensive line. And we saw it at times last year, right, where, you know, Gaddis tried to get the offense going through the run game and, you know, it just didn't work out. And then the passing game kind of stalled as a result. I think I talked about it on the last show complimentary football is needed for a Big Ten type of offense. So I think with Mario and uh, Coach Mirabal's background in, you know, in, you know, developing offensive linemen combined with the talent we have in our running back room, I think, you know, we're going to kind of transition to more of a, I guess, power run type of scheme. That's what would make sense to me, given, you know, what our running back room looks like right now. And, you know, what Gaddis is familiar with. Whether or not that will work here, I don't know, but I could definitely see it, you know, becoming more of the Miami style. Liz, what's your take on, on all that? Yeah, I, I don't expect a big style change um, because I think, you know, this is the offense Mario wants to run. And also, I mean, we should point out that, you know, we're we're – in a situation where we haven't been good for 20 years and, you know, we had a brief blip of good offense on a bad team a few years ago and our entire fan base has become obsessed with running that offense as if we were successful as a program. We were not. The coach got fired. Like what, what, so I, I think he's trying to figure out what's the, what offense is the best way to frankly get win, eventually make the playoffs win championships and if you look at what georgia michigan and tcu alabama what they're running schematically ohio state actually is a little bit more open but schematically these are not very different from what we tried to run last year they just have better players (laughs) like like, you call those michigan like power run plays with our offensive line they're not getting yardage either like it's not and so so I think he skips with the scheme. Now, that doesn't mean that Gas is a good play caller, good at developing game plans. You know, the, the scheme is one thing. And then the overall offensive structure and execution is a whole different thing. Right, yep. Um, and that doesn't – so that doesn't mean that Gas is like, oh, yeah, this guy is, you know, coming in with a good game plan, knows what to call to attack the defense. It's kind of stringing the right plays together because play calling is art and science in one. Yep. So so he could he could move on from Gaddis without deciding we need to – you know, go to a completely different offense. The Canes just took the lead, by the way. Nice. What? 71, 73, wow. 43 left. Um, 43 and, seconds left? 343. It's oh, going to be a tight one. It's going to be a tight one down to the stretch. Nice. There goes my, my ADD is going to go off the charts now. But um, um, to, but so I don't, I don't think so it's going to be. 
<laughs> yeah, and I don't. So I don't think there's going to be a, a huge change in style. With that said, to your other question, if Gaddis goes, which we don't know anything about, so not speculating. But if he goes, anyone's position's up for grabs, except for probably Mirabal, because because yeah, the new coach. Because because one of the things I don't I think we discounted a little bit as we looked at our All Star staff is you got to be able to work together. You got to have that working chemistry and bring in an offensive coordinator and forcing him to work with other people's, you know, tools and, and trying to like forge new relationships. And if he's got his own guys that like this guy knows I work well with this guy, that's likely going to s- shake someone loose at any, it could be any of these positions. So we know Mirabal's not going anywhere. Anyone else, my opinion on the offensive staff, if, if, you know, a new OC comes in, I think, you know, he's like, I got my own tight ends guy I'm comfortable working with. All right, right. the Titans coach is going, right? I mean, it's like that. So, by the way, shout out, baby. Where is it? Yeah, buddy. That's what we got today for dinner. They still haven't cut the check, day. and yet you keep promoting them. Like, you got to keep going. You got to keep trying, man. You got to keep trying. Um, Anthony, I, you, I think you just missed it, but we will get a little further into it. But who do you guys think we replace, uh, Frank? <clears throat> uh, with a quarterback's coach, and does it signify we might be switching out Josh as well? I love how he's just putting out like first names, Josh and Frank, uh, because Josh and Frank <laughs> were attached at the hip. No, see, so that's I think that's a misconception about Josh, uh, uh, Coach Gaddis, and Coach Pons being attached at the hip. There was, uh, there's no attachment there. And, and I actually, I would say, I, I still, I feel like there's more change to come. But oh yeah, oh yeah. But 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 I also, I think. Ponce going almost makes it likelier that Gaddis is still here because someone's got to take the blame for that offense, right? And <laughs> and and running it back entirely as is, I think it's is tough to say that nothing. You could easily, you know, bring Gas back and say, look, he just didn't click with the quarterback's coach. We had chemistry issues in the staff, you know, disseminate down onto the quarterback play. I'm not saying that's what happened because I have no idea, but – you know, if there is some kind of a power struggle or some kind of butting heads between the offense coordinator and the quarterback's coach and the quarterback's coach goes, to me, that increases the likelihood that the OC stays. Now, it could be part of a, what I believe is probably more changes to come, but but I, I would actually say, you know, if everyone else stayed as is, um, you've got to be kidding me, Cowboys. Jesus. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, if everyone else stays as is, then then um, then it's it's kind of... That'd be kind of weird given the way the offense played. So some of the, I think some of the other deck chairs, so to speak, being rearranged makes, makes some sense there. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you see, I don't think one has to do with the other at all. I think that if anything, this, this, this increases, I'm on the opposite side, right? I, I think this increases the light likelihood of uh, Gaddis, um, um, Gaddis leaving. However, here's my thing, right? So, uh, to, just to answer your question a little bit also, and, and Fish Fan Miami kind of mentions that I think that the ideal thing is to grab an offensive coordinator that coaches quarterbacks also, and then you go out and you get a wide receivers coach or <clears throat> whatever the other, you know, whatever the case is there. I think that that's the direction that they may head in uh, to. Uh, another op- another possibility is exactly what you said, Vish, right? Like maybe what you do is you tell Josh Gattis, hey, Focus on coaching the 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 offense. Maybe he's not your wide wide receiver coach anymore now, right? Now you've got the option to maybe because you are increasing the amount. I believe that the I, I don't know if if um if it passed yet or not, but it looks like it's going to, or maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe you guys can kind of talk about that. How they're going to increase the amount of coaches that could be on the field at one time. You can so you can get some more guys on there. You could see you could see something along the lines of Gaddis staying, being stripped of his wide receiver coaching duties. Maybe hire a wide receiver coach and and a guy that coaches the quarterbacks as well. Because obviously Gaddis doesn't coach the quarterbacks, but you can do that. That might be a different you know different route that they go. I just feel like maybe that's just too many people in one room trying to run one offense. Yeah, and and I think the way we were constructed was like always going to lend itself to a bit of dysfunction when you've got offensive coordinator and 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 a wide receiver coach and then you have another guy doing quarterbacks right. and, pa- and passing game coordinator yeah that's just, that's, just, that's just mess that that was messy because there's just so much overlap and you kind of right. want one person to run some of that yep um 
real quick, a little bit of a pivot sort of, but let's give a shout out to Anthony who who uh, became an uncle. Congratulations, Anthony. Hey man, congrats, brother. Good That's job, awesome. man. All right. Way to uh way to become an uncle. Well, congratulations to your brother or sister, whoever it is that had the baby also. So shout out to them. Um That's awesome. So uh, apparently that rule didn't pass. Oh, it didn't pass. Okay, so uh, yeah, see, that's why, and again, it could get messy that way anyways. Thanks. Thanks, Arabian. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, does it, and that kind of answers the question, Anthony, does the college football coaching staff limit? Yes, it does limit on how many you can actually have on the field. Um, yeah. And, that, and that's, and, so and that's actually, you know, Michigan just got dinged with, with some, with some penalties for violating that all these. So there's a distinction between on-field coaches and assistants and like staff people analysts and all yeah all those analysts so you can have unlimited analysts which is why all these schools now have all these analysts they're not allowed to actually coach the players on the field or really participate in game day on the field so they could also do what they did recently which was have like coach Ponce was sick and they can bring (laughs) in an extra guy that's an analyst or an off the field coach to recruit for him it's such right? a that's, that's yeah yeah it's it's it it's, it's, crazy. A, it's it's a gray area and then you know Michigan violated it and got busted but so so yeah that's why coaches have to have multiple that's why in the NFL you'll have a million coaches and they'll be like he's third down linebackers coach <laughs> like what the hell you have a position for that because they right. can have as many as they want in college they're limited so you have a guy's like hey he's offensive coordinator quarterbacks running backs wide receivers just you just, you just don't have a choice interception wow. <laughs> And the Canes yeah. are up five with 130 left. Things are going my way, man. Things are turning around, baby. It's nice. It's the Taco nice. Bell. It's the Taco Bell. It's the good Vish, look. Vish, you got a fan there from Matthew Owen. Hi, Vish. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool, man. <laughs> All right. Um, I will hi, say baby. real quick on what did pass. Really cool for Jazz and I. I know no one else cares. Fourth baseball coach is going to be a paid position now, so. Well, I mean, no, but this is like the ridiculous thing. Football has 400 analysts and, and I think it's 10 allowable coaches, actual coach, then an unlimited analysts in baseball. You can't pay for four coaches. Right. So I agree. Four, that is pretty crazy. So, so like anytime they can throw, it's still not full scholarships. Like it's BS. Yeah. I wish they would. I wish they would. Yeah. Pass and that so, so they're, 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 they're slowly creeping towards some kind of normalcy, but at least they got 11.7 scholarships is ridiculous. Yeah. It's no. And that, that, that's why, that's why um, baseball has, you got your manager, you got your pitching coach, you got your hitting coach. That is it. So now they're going to get a fourth coach that they can pay. Because what ends up happening is baseball uses volunteer coaches. It's right, like ridiculous. D one big money programs and they so now so so the only the only the only coaches that are um, being paid are are Lopez, Artiaga, and Gino. And, yep. Wow. So they can pay a fourth coach. Good because they brought in an extra. They brought in another guy that's that's legit. He's a legit coach. I can't remember his name now. Uh, to coach first base. I don't think Norbert Norberto's gonna coach for space anymore. I forgot his name now. Right. I think I think they pulled him from USF or something. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right. coach. Yeah, good job. Um anyway. Um, by the way, they're gonna be good this year. Caden Martin, uh Blake Sir, Jason Torres, those guys that they brought in, plus the guys that are here and the transfers. I think they can be really good, man. Top ten in all the preseason polls. I it's think all so. about the postseason. So, so real quick on this, apparently Kingsbury effed off to Thailand. And no yeah. <laughs> so, so whether or not he specifically, it's definitely not going to be him. Unless they plan uh, on yeah. doing Zoom calls or something on game days or whatever, then I don't think he's uh, coming back anytime soon. And with that salary and after having to work with Kyler Murray last year, I wouldn't necessarily be in a hurry to coach again either. Yeah, I, I will say – Take my five million, go to Thailand. What what a career path! Gets fired at Texas Tech, gets to be an NFL head coach. It has f off to Thailand money. I mean, just yep, just not a bad gig. So speaking of that, right? Perfect segue. Who is, you know, give me give me a name, a guy that you are interested in seeing coach this offense. I'm just watching this series of events here that are happening in the basketball game. Jesus, Um, who's who's the guy that you guys? Are thinking about on offense that could come in. You know what's what's one name, one one coach that um, that Miami should look at. We'll start with you, Vish. Yeah. So first of all, there was a name in the chat. If I'm you a, had to choose, an I'm, a, I'm, I, I, I'm a big no on this. Okay. 
<laughs> on Kendall Bryles, first of all. like Which, by the way, he was apparently supposed to go to TCU. He's going to be hired as a uh offensive coordinator there apparently that hasn't happened or it hasn't been maybe they maybe they ran a background um, check yeah maybe <laughs> um yeah in terms of offensive coordinator um one guy would look at like look at oh god the name on space who's the i think his last name is scott the dude that that just got fired as usf's head coach that was clemson's oc for all those years um <laughs> i'm gonna look that up Oh God! Was it? I, I think it's Jeff Scott. I want to say, but well, whatever. It, yeah, it, Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott. Yeah. He was at USF, right? Yeah, he just got fired. Um, I don't know if he wants to get back into like coordinating immediately, but I, I would, I would snatch his ass up. Um, oh, nice defense! Let's go. Go, no, Chad. Nice defense. Um, right, we got to make the free throws. We're only shooting one and one. Oh no, we're double bonus. All right, you got that's an interesting. That's an interesting name, Bish. Um, I don't even. I never even thought about that, but because I'm thinking about like what Mario wants to do, what right. we know, what we know, he he knows the ACC well, you know, he knows the defenses that we're going to be playing against. So I think he fits that. If you look at what Clemson, obviously Clemson had two all-world quarterbacks too. So you know, you need yeah. Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence back to back kind of made him look good too. But okay. you know, if you look at the ability, like what we're looking to do there. Um, he makes sense. There's a couple of other good. I don't. I don't know how realistic this would be. Um, just right. looking a couple of names out of the chat. Well, it all depends on what happens with uh with Ken Dorsey now, right? Because looks like a lot of head coaching positions are going to start looking for him. He's going to be a name. And does he? Does Joe Brady stay and become the office coordinator there? Do they look elsewhere? If not, yeah, it's a potential. It's potentially a, a name that that uh, that Mario could look at. I just don't know. He's never called plays, okay, and I think that's you know people don't realize that uh, he was you know he was the guy at, at LSU to help uh, Joe Burrow, and he was the co-offensive coordinator there, but he didn't call plays there. Um, and he is a local kid too, so I mean that that kind of that's kind of nice, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, as far as the other name Arabian Night that you put up there, Scott Frost. Here's my problem with Scott Frost. I think I, I like him as a coach. I think he could I, – I think as an offensive coordinator, he would kill it. Okay, as an offensive coordinator, he would kill it. And, and I want to get DJ's uh, analysis on this too because obviously you're familiar with him. Uh, but as an offensive coordinator, whew, the, the guy is awesome. The thing is that um, he might like the bottle a little more than he likes football at this point, and that might be a concern for Mario Cristobal, especially down here in Miami, could not, couldn't, could just be, you know, nothing, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Vish. Um, DJ, what are your thoughts on Scott Frost? Cause I'd like to hear about what you think him as, as, as a play caller, forget about his head coaching. I know he obviously wasn't great at that, but as a play caller, as we bring in Larry Bluestein here, what's up blue. Hey, good. Good seeing you guys. Again. Hey blue. Good to see you. Happy new year, man. Happy new year. Happy new year. I'm fresh off my show, man. I just got off right in, came right in. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you, you, man. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, um, All right, we'll get your thoughts on this. The also. Canes are up two with three seconds left. They're shooting a couple of free throws. So, All fingers right, let's, crossed. Let's go. Uh, okay. <laughs> and that's um, Beverly at, at the yeah. live thing, right? He's, okay. been, he's been coming on. Yeah, he has. DJ, tell me, what are your thoughts on Scott Frost? Good offensive play caller. I think you are pretty accurate in saying that he liked the bottle a little bit too much. <laughs> um, I'll just say that he got a hefty buyout from Nebraska, and I would question whether or not he would have the, um, let's say, desire to coach again for the type of job that you want to get done. Uh, there's a reason why many Nebraska fans are happy to move on from Scott Frost. And that's the ball game, by the way. Kings beat Syracuse. Let's go. And, and North Chat ended by putting yeah. them on their backside. I, I was like, just let him lay it up. It doesn't matter. And he's nope. like, no. That. No layups in this house. That All right. Yeah. Big Tough win. loss the other night to NC yeah, State. Yeah, so yeah, that's a big comeback. Big comeback. It's big game. Big, in the second half. Big win for the Kings basketball yeah, team. Um, at Duke Saturday. Oh. Blue, Blue, I want to get your take. We got a couple, you know. First on the um, on the Coach Ponce uh, news that we we just heard today, we've obviously had him on the show. He is a friend of yours as well, friend of the shows actually. I, I love Coach Ponce. I thought he was great. Um, 
talk to me about what you thought about the move. I love the move. I think you know it's it's good for him, right? I think it's it's the right, you know, it's it's not a bad move for him to make. I think it's a it's a good move. But talk to me a little bit about his tenure here at Miami, I think, first and foremost. Um, and then what this could potentially mean for the coaching staff. Obviously, you know, we're hearing more dominoes may start to fall very, very soon. Uh, what this could mean for the coaching staff and how it would kind of round out now that coach Ponce is headed back to app, app state. Yeah. Great move. Uh, in fact, we talked about it Saturday and he said, don't say anything. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I see all this stuff. I said, okay, well, I didn't say anything. At least, uh, you could trust me with that secret. Uh, it's good for him because it gets him back, you know, with his wife who's in North Carolina and it's been a long distance relationship and she's you know, a news lady up there and she does a great job and she signed a contract. Uh, but it also gives him an opportunity for say-so. And he had no say-so here. And I think that bugged him more. Now that he's gone, I can say it, that that bugged him more than anything. I mean, they brought him in. And I think, uh, you know, Coach Gaddis took his coordinator job to the hilt and wouldn't take any input. And and uh, and I think that, that hurt Frank because I think that Frank wanted, uh, when he came down here, because he left a really good job at, at Appalachian State to come down here, obviously, to be home and to be with his friend Mario. But And, and I don't blame Mario for much, but I blame him for that because he should have got in that early and said, listen, you know, this is the way it's going to be. You know, I mean, uh, he's going to have to give some input to this thing. And, you know, you guys are going to have to discuss things. And he never did. And so for that, I'm happy that he's going and, uh, you know, and and he'll be back someday. <clears throat> you know, let him get, you know, let him get a couple of years of this under his belt. Maybe get a smaller job somewhere else, you know, at a, you know, I and mean, that's what I'm saying, you know. But, um, you know, I know everybody keeps hearing things and everybody always has a contact and everybody knows this or that. But so far, they haven't made any decisions. And I think there's a telltale sign why maybe Frank moved on because maybe there was a gut feeling that he had that maybe, uh, you know, that was Dallas scored again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, I mean, because everybody says to me, Oh yeah, my friend of a friend of a friend. Yeah. I'm not so sure because if they were going to make some major decisions, they would have made them already. I really think so. We're already in the middle of January. You're going to get, you need to, and the kids just came on campus, you know? So, I mean, I know everybody wants, uh, you know. The, so speaking the of that though, Blue, okay, per perfect, perfect example. What does it tell you that, what does it tell you about, you know, the offensive coordinator not being there to kind of, yeah. you know, bring in his players that just, walk, that just, uh, did he miss, this guy, this kicker missed another what one the after. What he just He'll start going for two. I don't this think they're going to miss it, Joe, but wow, um, you know, but you never know. Geez, if you watch the last couple of games last today, <laughs> no kidding. Um, what do you think about you know him not being there, him not being present around these yeah. new players? You know, that's not a good look. Yeah, exactly. but it sends mixed messages because huh. you know what. It, Mario's going to have to make a move. He hasn't made yeah. a move. Ponce made the move. He didn't right. get rid of Frank. And right. uh, he hasn't really made a move. So if he's going to make a move, it's got to be soon, like I said. Because now, after the second signing day and into the first or second week, they start preparing for spring. Yep. So you want people in there that are going to be preparing for spring, right, Danny? I mean, if, if you know, I mean, you're going to get things going for spring. You want guys in there for February and March to start, you know, getting the playbook ready, you know, if you're going to change your offense or you're going to run a different scheme, you, you want everybody, cause you're going to have everybody on the same page. You want, that's the time you do it. So I think if it goes beyond the second uh, national signing day, they're not making a move. It wouldn't even be wise to do it. You know I mean? If you're going to make a move now is the time you got the kids on board. And, uh, but, but like you said, it's gotta be somebody who is going to make a difference and that the kids are going to respect. And like, I mean, I, I know Coley right now is like on an Island with, with, with Petrino going to Texas A&M. I right. mean, you know, it's uh, I, I know I've heard that name because he's a quarterback coach too. Uh, but 
you know, is he, does he want a position? Is he ready for a position? You know, I mean, he and, he and Mario worked together with Frank at, um, at FIU, but this isn't FIU. It's a whole different deal. Uh, I've heard a bunch of names. You guys said Scott Frost. I mean, I, eh, I think Scott takes this year off and then next year comes back as a head coach at like one of those Iowa state type of jobs, you know, or something like that. I, you know, but I, I don't think he's and like, like DJ said, he's getting pretty handsomely paid yeah. uh, right now. Um, uh, you know, Brady, I'm, I'm just not convinced. Uh, you know, so I give me a name, Blue. Give me a name. If you, if they have, no, I mean, I'm change. just, I was listening to your, you know, all, I'm just trying to respond yeah. to what you guys were saying. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, I always say this, who is Mario Cristobal close with who he's got to be somebody that, you know, I mean, Arroyo. I mean, I don't know, you know, that's I mean, the name that's been out there a lot lately. Well, Blue. because he's, you know, but he didn't get it done at UNLV and everybody's going to, you know, I mean, everyone's going to be picking apart. Oh, well, he didn't do it there. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know what, no matter who we say, it's going to be somebody different. It always yeah. is, you know, I mean, you know, no matter who you pick, it's always going to be somebody different than you think. Um, you know, here's what I think. Here's what I think. Go Blue, ahead. Just to kind of piggyback off of what you said. I think, and of course, Let's 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 preface that by saying Mario doesn't give a crap about what I think or anybody else thinks, no, right? He doesn't. <laughs> he he doesn't. He's gonna do things. He beats. He 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 dances to the beat of his own drum. No we doubt. get that. No doubt. However, this is what I think. I think that the model, and I hate to use this, you know, this, the model that that model of you know that Mario's using right now. Well, I know this guy. You know, he's a good friend of mine, or I know him really well, or I've coached with him in the past. Uh, I think that that's a good model, but I also think that sometimes, man, throw all that crap out the window. Go get the guy that's going to fit this program. I don't care where he's from or what he did or who he's – I don't care any of that. He's a good coach. He can recruit. He can develop players. He has a good relationship with players. He's had some success at other stops. He's going to come in and he's going to make a difference on this team. And that's the bottom line. I think that he needs to and I, and I go to I go to New York Giants, right? And what Brian Dable did over there this year where well, he just, so, he so just Jazz, got guys. Jazz, he just you got asked guys us. that fit. He got guys that he wanted, not guys that he was homeboys with. Yeah, right? so so you asked us the question. So who's who's your name then that fits what you just went through? Um, you know, I I I've been I've I've been kind of back and forth in this on some of the on some of the names that I like um uh honestly I I threw out a name yesterday <laughs> in, in one of the shows that I, I I don't know if it's if it's legitimate or not but he's he's right now he's just an offensive assistant right but he's got he's got a lot of uh a lot of um experience and a lot of success at the NFL level okay and, and the guy that I like is Daryl Bevel I think that that kind of guy, I, 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 and this is just a name that I like, right? I, I don't think he's gonna come come down. I don't know if he would come down to college and, and what what his recruiting um, prowess is like. I don't know what happened to DJ there, but uh, he dropped off the face. He of dropped off. It, wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> but uh, why not? Why not a guy like Daryl Bevel? Why not a guy like Mike Lafleur, who you know recently parted ways with the Jets? I mean, those guys run. Really, really good offenses and offenses, and if we've ever seen and we've seen the success that Bevel had um, at in Seattle um, and at some other stops, he actually had some some good success. I don't I don't know if offense was the problem in Detroit when he was there. To be quite honest with you, there's there's a lot more problems in Detroit. But uh, why not? Why not a guy like Daryl Bevel? You know, that's that's the kind of name that I threw out there. The other yeah, day. no, that that's that's an interesting. You know, trying to find guys with NFL. Kind of outside the box, you know. Which, which, I mean, obviously it's Alabama, so they've got a lead talent, but they're they're doing that, right? Bill O'Brien is right. a guy that spent a lot of time calling plays as a head coach in the NFL. Um, so yeah, Daryl Bevel's won Super Bowls. Um, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just wonder, you know, if there's. So you mentioned the whole part about like not having to get his guys. That I agree with. The challenge is. You know, whoever comes in here has to want to work with him. 
And and the reason coaches tend to get their guys are those are guys that want to come work with them. And that's actually how Ponce ended up here in the first place. Like, I don't think he would have taken a step down from an OC to a quarterback's coach right. if he didn't have the the pot. And as, as Blue said, the relationship didn't work out the way he – and the power structure didn't work out the way he thought. But that's the reason you're able to get App State's OC to come be the quarterback's coach is because Mario knows the guy. And yeah. so that that's often the the deciding factor in in, in pulling people in. Um, so how he get, but then again, like where did Gaddis come from? I don't think there was any connections. So you know, it can be either or. It's it's it's, it's no. Tough I think Gaddis and him have some connection from Alabama. Well, I think they were. Yeah, but team. but but very tangential. You wouldn't like if before Gas was named offense coordinator, you would have never thought. Oh yeah, he's a Gaddis. Gaddis is a Mario guy. Like you wouldn't even mention it. Right. 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 Like he might have crossed paths with Bevel in the Pacific Northwest. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so anyway, our, our boy's back. He can tell us what happened. I completely froze. You guys were talking, but no movement was happening on <laughs> the stream. So there we that's, go. That's right. That's right. Um, so, so no, that's not what we're saying. And, and in fact, um, I'm saying the opposite, right? Yeah, but, well, opposite no, he's, he's saying, he's saying those that what Mario wants. And mm-hmm. I would say, no. Um, in fact, if you look at, Blue's talking about kind of how the structure worked offensively last year. It was Gaddis is the coordinator. That's his offense. You guys all deal with him. He almost kind of let Gaddis run the show on his own, um, which maybe was problematic <laughs> based on the results. But I don't, the reason you bring in, I can tell you this is someone who kind of runs an organization. The reason you bring in people you're comfortable with is you got to work with them day in, day out under high stress. Yep. And and someone that that knows how you work that you're comfortable with, you know, if you like give because I have people that work that work that work for me that are like this, where I give them like a convoluted half-assed request and they do it correctly because they know what I'm asking. But if I gave it to someone else, they'd be like, "What the f? This doesn't make any sense, right?" And so you get that once you have that rapport and that comfort level, it's, it makes your life a lot easier. It makes everything run more smoothly, and that's why coaches fall back because they're in high stress. Think about this, right? The play clock's ticking down. Right. Everyone, you're trying to get players subbed and you're trying to get all this stuff going. Communication among the coaching staff is so important. And it's always easier if you're like, I know that person. I've worked with them. I'm comfortable with them. They know what I'm looking for. That, that you can't put a price on that. Doesn't mean that's necessarily the right answer. Sometimes it's often the wrong answer because you can't see their words when you're that friendly with them. But that's why they lean on that. It's not to get a yes man, it's to have that pre built, comfortable relationship going in. So you can focus on the difficult job of trying to get our offensive line to block correctly and, and, you know, get first downs and touchdowns and all of that. And you're not also dealing with communication issues. Right. Um, Arabian Knight says, aside from Pondsfield and Alex, no, Joe Salovea, obviously, um, is another one who's had a connection to to Mario. Coach Gaddis, I know we just mentioned it with his time in in, in Alabama. Uh, They worked together there. Um, I'm not sure about Kevin Smith. Um, if they work together in the past or not, um, but uh, he may have recruited him. I'm, I don't know. I don't know about Co- Coach Kevin Smith, so that's that's one that I, I don't know about. Um, Blue, and I, I, let let me kind of go to you on this. As far as like the NFL is concerned, obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of coaches that are either getting fired, moving around, or got knocked out of the playoffs, and now there there's opportunities there. You know, Anthony mentions Joe, uh, Joe Lombardi from San Diego. If uh, Staley gets fired there, then obviously the whole coaching staff is probably gone. Um, I, I just don't know. Here's my only thing is with the NFL guys is do they want to be college coaches, right? They, they maybe they want to stay in the NFL um, and coach the NFL. The college college in the NFL are completely different. But can you see Mario going that route and maybe going with an NFL guy? Could be. You know, I mean, it's a, like I and this is all speculation again. Coach Gaddis is still the offensive coordinator. Yeah, um, we're just kind of speculating on what could happen or what we would like to see if there was a change made. Well, it goes back to what the Vish says. You got to be comfortable with the relationships you're going to have, and you know he's going to spend a lot of time with them, and he's going to, you know, it's it's going to be somebody that's going to. I mean, because remember when they have offensive, defensive coordinator, and head coach meetings, got to be somewhere on the same page. You got to be comfortable with the person. And, you know, I mean, if you have a, you know, and, and Mario seems like the guy who has learned enough in all of his stops to cut, to cut stuff off, you know, before it gets to be a problem. So, I mean, I'm sure that, but I'm not so sure that he didn't let something fester 
with Gaddison and Frank because there's no I've seen a trillion football programs and there's never been a separation between your quarterback coach and your head and your offensive coordinator. I've never heard of that before. I mean, you know, those are the guys that get together, go out and have a few, you know, cold ones and talk about, you know, different schemes and Hey, you know what, if we use Tyler this way, or if we use this, there's gotta be, you know, so I think that what's gotta happen is anybody that jumps into that role, it's got to be, and that's why I brought up Coley because he's a dual guy. He's a quarterback guy and an offensive guy. So, but I know he probably, you know, you never know. I don't know enough about, you know, what's going on in a lot of these people's lives that they would jump. Uh, but like you said, I, I haven't heard anything from anybody that I talk to that <clears throat> believes a change is going to be made. Right. I know that everybody thinks it is, but to me, I I question that. Why would have Frank jumped away from a Power Five program? Think about it. With a future, with and he he was you know he got the quarterback he wanted in Emory Williams. Uh, he's got the quarterbacks returning to the point where none of them are leaving. He I said I told you this a while. Frank wanted this JC kid that reminded him of Aaron Rodgers. Couldn't bring him in. No one was leaving. Jake didn't say, hey, you know, coach, I'm gone. You know, don't let the whore door hit you in the butt. But he never said it. So it's, I, just, it, it's crazy to me, right? It's crazy. It is crazy. I, You know, so does that. So to me, they had a, like Frank and what he's doing to help develop the kids. Because think about it. It's it's sort of like you look at the Dolphins and and they got a third string quarterback, a second string running back. And all this, and it's hard for an offensive coordinator to have to switch gears every single darn week. And that's what that's what has happened with Frank. Every time that, you know, he has a quarterback that he's running at number one for that week, he gets hurt and has to go to another guy and run a wildcat. And so to me, there's a lot to be said for that. I, But I, I just think that Mario Cristobal, if he's going to make a move, it had to be yesterday. I know that people, oh, well, let's let these guys move in and, you know, let's get through the February 1st uh, thing and let's get through some portal guys. And I wouldn't do that. That's just, I think if they're going to make, excuse me, if they're going to make a move, make it now. I mean, because you've got, you've got to start getting ready for spring. I mean, it's important. Look how many faces you brought in the other day and it's going to come at the end of the month. Those guys are all going to participate in spring, and they're going to be a nucleus of what you're going to trot out in 2023, I think. So why wouldn't you have everything in place? I'd be, interested, I, you know, I, I'd be interested to see, Blue, how many of the new guys on offense got playbooks already, and if they did, right? Would that, yeah, would that be yeah but that's a good point you make because right. if they do, it's the same playbooks that they've been running with. Right. If they do, well, you're gonna switch it on them now. I mean, that's gonna be crazy, right? I mean, that's it's happened before. I'm not say. saying it hasn't happened before, but um, and I know hey, Jazz, and I know that all these guys and you know and uh, Geo and all these guys want to be the insider and say I heard from a friend, and that's fine. But do it rationally. Think think of what you're saying. You know, think of the the source you're going against because, to me, I thought that if a change would be made, it would have been this week. Yeah, it's only I Monday. Really it's only everybody's Monday. In. It's everybody's only Monday. In. And <laughs> yeah. you made a great point. Uh, th- these dudes that came in got playbooks. I think I think it happens this week if it's going to happen. That's and and this is actually jazz. This is kind of what we were talking about last week in the context of Coley, where I was saying. If you want to make a move, just do it. Like you don't need to wait for someone else to get fired or to shake loose. Yeah, just... but that's not the way Mario works. That's why. That's why right. But my crazy. my issue is is there's now diminishing returns on making those those moves. There is <laughs> there is a need. It's it's one thing to do what he did last year, which is to have the position open and say we're we're methodically finding the best person for the job and then having that person be the Broyles Award winner and saying, look, this is what the process got me. It's a whole other thing to think you're moving on from your current coach and not doing it. That is indecisive to the point of of really damaging at this point. 
Well, I think um, maybe there's the other there's the other thought process that Mario comes from that school, you know, that Saban school of thought where you don't really fire a guy; you let him kind of walk. You know, he's maybe you <laughs> know doing not his own thing. thing I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying that this is what he could be doing, right? And he may be taking a risk, and it could completely backfire on him. Um, and I'm just saying this is this is the other thought process, right? Hey. You're interviewing. I'm going to let you find a job before I go, you know, and, and, you know, and get someone else or go and, and make a move or do something different. Maybe, maybe he is interviewing at other places. I'm, I'm just throwing out there, you know, all these different ideas and, and, and things that are, people are saying out there that have this insider information, quote unquote. So um, I, I think that if it's going to happen, Blue, DJ, Vish, all of you, I think that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen this week. And you'll start hearing the dominoes fall now. Um, by the way, not only on offense, but there could be some some surprise information coming out on defense as well. So I wouldn't, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there were some changes made on that side as well. So uh, we'll see. Uh, let's finish off real quick with two, uh, a couple of things regarding transfer portal news and recruiting news. Um, Blue, I think you have some knowledge of this kid, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with 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 this first. Um, came in as a preferred walk on, you know. Um, Got to, was a pretty good player when he was playing over at Duke. This is linebacker Rocky Shelton, who's a, who's a former yeah, he's a former St. Thomas kid. You've got a little a little bit of knowledge on 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 Shelton. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about what he can. You know, he is a preferred walk up, but he was a serviceable guy over at Duke. Big, strong linebacker uh, that could you know provide some depth. Talk to me a little bit about Rocky Shelton. Smart kid. He's going to go for his master's degree. He got a undergraduate degree from Duke, which is going to open a few doors. Um, physical player, smart kid, um, was a playmaker at St. Thomas, uh, a guy that's going to be able to get on the field and, uh, you know, show some leadership. And I think the best thing about it, it's going to be great for the younger kids, you know, the Aguirre's and all these guys you got coming in to play the position because he's already shown that, he could he could balance both uh, the classroom and football and do them very well and get re, you know he has respect and yeah I think he's a great addition to the team I mean you know I Miami offered him coming out of uh, at St Thomas at one point well but uh, you know he opted to go to Duke you know for obviously obviously good reasons you know academic wise and got a chance to be a role player and is he going to be an every down linebacker? No, but he's going to be a guy. that's going to be able to, he reminds me like in, in some sort of form, like a Udonis has, I mean, he's going to be a guy who's been around. Uh, is he going to be a, a, a starter? And no, cause he's, he's not that type of guy, but he's going to be a, a, an asset to the team and he's going to be great to have there. And, you know, I mean, he's, it's sort of like a Restrepo, you know, because Restrepo is a guy that leads by example. Everybody looks at a Restrepo and says, Jesus, this kid's worked his butt off since he was eight years old. Right. And he's going to be graduating this year and he'll have two years of eligibility. But the kid will have a PhD before he walks out of the out of Miami, which isn't terrible, you know. So those type of guys are, are what Miami's striving for. They're looking for those kids that – you know, not only that run a four, three, five and are, but they need leadership. You know, they yeah. need on the field. They had none this year. I mean, who was, who was a leader? Nobody. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, and that's what I'm saying, at least when you had the last couple of years with Rambo and then um, what's the name is with the Vikings, uh, the receiver. Awkward. Yeah. At least you had guys who were 22 years old, 23, you know, on the verge of being 23 years old that have been around and, 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 and not only are they role models on the field, but you know, if, if they see one of these 18 year old freshmen going astray, they can grab them by the collar and say, Hey, you know, right. you know, and then that's what they need. Every, every program needs it. You know, look at Oregon. They had a 36 year old kid. It's coming to Miami now. Right. So, so that I was about to say, I was about to say, we definitely. Perfect segue. Perfect segue. Cam exactly. McCormick, another guy who's <laughs> like his seventh or eighth year. Uh, obviously, has some injury issues. He's, got, he's going in. So just to be clear, he's going into his eighth year, but he has two yeah. years. Two, yeah. He has two, two years, two years left. Two. So he's yeah. going to go. <laughs> no, he got. He got. I got. I, yeah. I was. I was looking into it. He got recruited to Oregon and played and was there for a year. By Mario, by the way. No, no, no. no it was before. By Mark oh, Helfrich. Mario. That's, That's what I'm right. saying. Mark yeah. Helfrich, Helfrich brought, brought him in. 
He's yeah, a Helfrich guy. He enrolled in 2016 <laughs> March. Amazing. He, ma- he makes Stetson Bennett look like yeah, a kid. Yeah, so he was Helfrich, <laughs> then Taggart, then Mario. Who's older, him or Henley? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but you, that's a guy that's kind of like that, right? Like Rocky, he's going to come in. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. experience. Yeah. He's, here's the good thing. Yeah, but right? the kid's got his AARP card already. Yeah, so. but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing with him that I think people don't realize, right? He and and I know that a lot of people are gonna say when he's healthy. He was actually healthy all year last year. Uh, wow, did Dallas score another touchdown? Blue, uh, Vish. Hey, yes, must have. Yes. I'm a little delayed. Wow, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. Dalton Schultz. Dalton all right, Schultz. All right, wait, wait, here, here comes the, here comes the big one. Yeah. Are they I mean, should we just go for two? I mean, what? Oh my god! <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, he is one hell of a blocker. So I think yeah. he is going. He's gonna come in. And he's going to be a lot more than just that guy, a locker room guy. I think he's going to come in and he's going to contribute right away as a hell of a blocker. And he yeah. might teach these tight ends a thing or two about blocking. So I like this move. I really do like it. Yeah. I don't think it's a wasted scholarship or a wasted opportunity. I think this is yeah. a good pickup by Miami also. Yeah. He missed it. he missed it again. No, he didn't. Yeah, he shanked it the other direction now. He's completely no, he got didn't. the edge. Gary Jones has got that look in his eye. Oh, eyes. my God. Yeah, it, 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 was, oh my it God. Is, is unbelievable. Un- yeah, these, aren't even, these kicks aren't even close, too. Like he's completely, like, he's, he's completely lost it. He's oh, completely man. lost it. He's been a good kicker all year, too. He just went full Rick Ankio or Chuck Knobloch. Yeah, no, he's lost oh it. Oh my we're, god, we're, Steve Sachs. We're gonna have to, oh have to get god. man. If we can, if we can hold on to this game, we gotta. Ray like, Finkel, right, right from Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> this game, you can shoot. <laughs> Tampa Bay is not good. Are you familiar with the Cowboys in the playoffs the last 30 yeah, years? Well, True. <laughs> yeah. Something goes wrong, but but geez. Yeah. That is crazy. Um, I'm sure I'm sure the, the Chargers said the same thing too. What a game that was, huh? Yeah. Man. Oh man. That was and crazy. Not that, you see, I think the highlight of it at three o'clock in the morning, uh, uh what's the name walking into the waffle? Waffle oh, house, waffle. yeah. <laughs> that was the best. Oh yeah! Imagine oh, being there, uh, you know, having a drunken stupor and eating a uh, eating a couple of waffles, and all of a sudden your quarterback comes in. <laughs> wow! That oh, must have wow. been the experience of a lifetime for those. Oh people man, there. yeah, and he paid for everybody's food, which is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Uh, last but not least, and then we'll get into our sponsor, uh, Jaheem Singletary, uh, a kid that entered the transfer portal. Obviously, has you know. A local is he a local kid? No, he's not a local. No, he's kid. Jacksonville. He's from Jacksonville. That's right. In fact, That's he right. was my number one player three years ago in the state. And he was, and he was, I think, a final. Miami was a finalist for him. Yes, he was. He chose, yes. Before one he chose three. Georgia, so now there's an opportunity for him to come down um, and potentially be a part of this class. I know a lot of people are tying him into to Miami being a really, really strong possibility that he uh, comes down here and and. Um, didn't Adair recruit him at the beginning? Adair did recruit him at, uh, at Georgia as well. So that's the tie right there. And I think with a lot of uncertainty with Cormani McLean still out there, right, not knowing exactly what's happening with that, I think that a lot of people, uh, which, by the way, Colorado just picked up another transfer portal cornerback. So th- there's some writing on the wall. I, I, you I mean, need think- when they're in with Boise State and UNLV and San Diego State in two years. So Yeah, uh, that, that whole Colorado thing is just it's, – it's ridiculous. It's a gimmick. It really is. It really is. So I, I think really it's uh, uh, look. He's still committed to Miami. Okay, I know I'm going off <laughs> on, on Cormani McLean. He's still committed to Miami until I hear otherwise. He's a Miami Hurricane. There's a lot more to it than just what's going on, and I don't want to get into it because it's not my place to talk about. But there's a lot more that's going on um, there. Uh, still po- possibility that he signs with Miami. So, but Jaheim Singletary, he could be. I mean, he would kind of wipe. The whole Cormonium thing, Cormani not even close. Thing out, out of, yeah. The two did, and you know how I feel about I do <laughs> about him. So I mean, it, it's they're two different players. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Singletary's a, he's at a different level, whole different level. That would be nice. That would be nice. Let's see what happens. Um, let's talk about price picks real quick before we get our parting shots here uh, by everybody. But uh, yeah, PricePicks.com, real simple, real easy, guys. Just go to pricepicks.com. Uh, when you sign up and use the code 5, F-I-V-E, we will um, – well, Price Picks, not we. I keep saying we. I don't have this money. This is Price Picks. 
that has the money. They are going to match you, your. You'd have more if you didn't eat so much Taco Bell, man. Oh yeah. Shout out to Taco Bell. At least get them to comp you, man. <laughs> I'm looking for. We got to tag Taco Bell again in in, uh, in our rewatch or rewatch tweet. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, PricePix.com. Log in. Sign up. Use code word five F I V E. We will match your initial deposit. They will match your initial deposit up to a hundred dollars. It's very simple. It's very easy. It all depends on how much you want to win. Is how many players you, players you pick. You go two. To, you pick two to five players, and you choose the over under on their individual uh, categories, right? Individual stats. So uh, the over under on how many passing yards, so on, uh, touchdowns, uh, um, you know, uh, yards rushing, so on and so forth. You don't. And by the way, you don't only have to play the NFL. You can mix and match. So you can mix and match with college football, uh, Major League Baseball, the NHL. You can do so many different things. F1, Formula One is coming to Price Picks too. So uh, be on the lookout for that. So you can do all of that. Choose uh, choose two to five players. Pick the over-under on their individual categories and win some money. Go to PricePicks.com, sign up, use the code 5FIVE, and they'll match your initial deposit up to $100. PricePicks.com. Check them out. Um, before we go, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are – uh, you know uh, the uh, defensive tackle. There's so there's a lot of there's a lot of players that Miami is still going after, guys. So what I would do is, you know, at the end of the day, Miami got their two best players last year from the transfer portal in April. You know, let this play out because there's going to be a lot that's going to there's going to happen between now and even after spring football uh, comes around. But you're probably going to start hearing some names this week, and you'll hear some names uh, throughout all of all of spring as well. So patience. Is not something that Miami Hurricanes fans have, but <laughs> it's 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 all we got. It's all we can do, and it's all we you know all we and, can. Kind and of it's it's going to be a process. It like, is. We we have another signing day coming. You know they are managing scholarships, so you know someone that they expect to come doesn't show up. You might go in the portal for someone, yeah. and they've got right. space. Numbers are not versa, an issue. Vice versa, versa, though, too. Like, but yeah, but you still want to manage your depth at positions, right? So you don't want to take. 57 defensive tackles and no one else or whatever, right? So they have an idea of who they think is going to sign in, in January. And if it doesn't happen or, you know, if they show another spot, Jazz mentioned April, someone gets injured in spring. Is that for the year? You need to go on the portal to get someone for this season. Like there's time for all of this. There, 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 there's no reason to uh, – it's a year-round sport now. It's no longer, you know, you kind of turn off in January and come back in August. So – so, you know, just everyone's got to power through it. <laughs> Be patient. Things will continue to happen. Um, rosters will continue to turn over. And, and that's, that's kind of the way the sport is now. Yeah. That's, um, that's about it. Yeah, Arabian Night DVD. I think DVD is going to uh, have some say on what he's going to do here next year. So I wouldn't worry about too much about him either. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us on the show. We truly appreciate it. Uh, again, happy uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, and of course we will have a new show for you next Monday, uh, same time, same bat channel, 8 30 PM, five reasons sports, YouTube channel. Make sure you check us out here. Follow us on Twitter at, uh, six rings canes and, uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, the five reasons sports YouTube and smash the like button. Uh, we truly appreciate, uh, the love from all you canes, degenerate fans and anybody else that's on here. Um, once again, See you guys later. And of course, as always, go Canes. Yep. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. You know. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.